This is Courage Cast. Faith, inspiration, and motivation for today. Well, hey everyone, I want to welcome you to the Courage Cast. I'm your host, Eric Nordoff. Today we have Kyle Eidelman. He is the pastor of the very, very large church in Louisville, Kentucky. He's actually uh, the pastor of Southeast Christian Church. They are one of the largest churches in America. Uh, He speaks to more than 25,000 people every weekend. He's the best-selling, award-winning author of Not a Fan, if you've ever read that book or heard of it, as well as God's at War, The End of Me, and Grace is Greater. He's a frequent speaker at national conventions, and he's an influential church influencer across the country. Kyle and his wife have four kids. They live on a farm in Kentucky. He is a great guy. I have a little bit of a backstory with him in the interview. First of all, we have lots of technical difficulties on my end. For some reason, when I ask a question, it takes about five seconds to get to him. And then, so there's, there's a, it was a little bit hard to do the back and forth. I didn't feel quite as comfortable as I normally would be just because of the technical differences or the difficulties we were having and the difference of the time. So I did some editing in this interview. And so hopefully there won't come across too awkward. I try to cut out the time that was there between us. And, um, but regardless, I think you're going to be fine. You're going to enjoy this interview. Kyle has a new book out. It's called don't give up faith that gives you the confidence to keep believing and the courage to keep going. So naturally, with that title, I was very attracted to the message that he had to give. And a little bit of a backstory, too. I have a history representing Kyle's products. Um, There is a company that's affiliated with Kyle and, and the church called City on a Hill, and they create church curriculum, Bible studies, et cetera, as well as full fledged films. Chrissy, my wife, wrote a song. Actually, she wrote several songs for one of the films that came out called The Song. And she had, they ended up taking not the, the, the title track. Uh, they used a different song for the title track for the movie, but they did use one of her songs as that was used in this film. So I also represented City on a Hill internationally. I was the international rep for the curriculum side of things, the City on a Hill uh, product line side of things, which ended up being a great thing for me. I really, really enjoyed working with Cindy on a Hill. I had a great deal of respect for Kyle and everything he did. So when I heard that he had a new book out, I jumped at the chance to have an opportunity to sit with him. And so that's how this conversation went. I want you to stay tuned because after our conversation, I'm going to share a little bit of a word, a little bit of an encouragement to you. Uh, and so I'm going to try to connect my interviews with some of the random thoughts that I have in my car. And I may actually make them a segment eventually. It might just be kind of, um, I don't know, I'll come up with some kind of fun name for it, but something like, you know, motivational thoughts from my motor car or something, you know, motivational motor. I don't know, maybe, you know, automate, auto, auto motivate thoughts. I don't know, something, something I haven't come up with it yet. I'm just kind of running with it on the fly. But um, I think uh, one, I want to combine some of the daily inspirational messages that I've normally been doing with the Courage Cast. And I don't do them as consistently as I want to, but I know I could 
probably have enough of those if I knew that once a week I would uh, be adding it on to an interview. So my goal is for the Courage Cast to have an interview or at least a longer message that comes from me. And then afterwards would be some short motivational thought that was maybe three to five minutes in length. So that's kind of what's happening here with the Courage Cast. So you'll start to see that hopefully happening. I've got several great interviews coming up. So stick around after the conversation that I have with Kyle Eidelman. I'm going to have a short message that I want to share with you. And it's all about what is success? What is really success? How do you know? How do you define success? I talk about that after my conversation with Kyle Eidelman. For now, enjoy it. I'll be back. Welcome to the Courage Cast, Kyle. Hey, Eric. Great to be with you, man. Thanks for having me on. Oh, the pleasure is totally mine. I wanted to ask you, first of all, if you possibly remember the fact that I was the person that oversaw the uh, the international sales for City on a Hill. Do you remember that? You know, that's yeah. funny because I did recognize your name and I was trying to remember what it was from. And uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, man. As soon as I got the chance, I jumped at it because I've been a fan of you since not a fan, since the book, not a fan. <laughs> and I uh, just really couldn't jump, couldn't wait to get into the conversation about this book. Well, and it fits really good. It fits really good with your podcast too, man. I was looking through uh, and listening to a couple of your episodes, and uh, you know your emphasis on courage has a lot to do with the underlying message of this book. So it's a it's a good good fit with what with what uh, the message that you focus on. Yeah, yeah. So the book is called Don't Give Up: Faith That Gives You the Confidence to Keep Believing and the Courage to Keep Going. So my first thought was, I wondered what inspired you to write this book in the first place. So as a pastor, I, over the years, of course, talked to all kinds of people in uh, my role and um, all different situations, lots of different circumstances. You know, sometimes it has to do with marriage or sometimes it's a diagnosis that has been given. Sometimes it's financial crisis or job joblessness. There's all kinds of different uh, situations and struggles that people deal with. But what I kind of stumbled onto, probably should have been pretty obvious earlier than it was, but what I stumbled onto is that more often than not, in fact, almost without exception, the message that people really needed to hear, uh, no matter what the situation, was a message of don't give up, that um, that there was a, a struggle to persevere and endure. Uh, but even more than that, it's not just a don't give up comforting message, but it really was a, a don't give up, uh, take courage message. And uh, the two aren't mutually exclusive, but but they are different, right? Like it's one thing to put your arm around somebody and, and say, I'm so sorry for what you're going through. Don't give up. And, and sometimes that's what we need. But oftentimes what we need is, is somebody to you know look us in the eye and challenge us. You know, this is not the time to to give up, get back out there. Don't quit. I know you're tired, um, but but this is an important time to hold on to faith. So you know, as a pastor, I just have continually uh, found myself telling people, "Don't give up," but 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 needing to say it in a way that brings uh, more courage and comfort, if that makes sense. Yeah, uh, you know, I I would imagine that. Um, you can't just accomplish everything as a pastor um, in just a short 
meeting, you know, and just kind of an attaboy, you got this kind of a thing. It's, it's a little superficial. So, I, I mean, I think in today's uh, world, it just seems like everything is moving faster and faster and the burden and the weights that we carry just seem to be um, equally as uh, difficult and, and hindering to us. Yeah. And, you know, the, the inspirational message uh, is important important, but it's temporary. You know, it really needs to be something deeper than, you know, staring at yourself in the mirror and listening to a workout playlist and, you know, telling yourself, I can do this. You know, that that only lasts for so long. Uh, And and so really that kind of courageous perseverance uh, needs to be rooted in in faith. It needs to uh, find an anchor in in what we believe to be true about God. Uh, So, you know, I just have seen this often. I've experienced it certainly in my own life um, that my courage is only as great as my confidence. And, you know, if my confidence is in myself or if my confidence is in my ability to get back up after getting knocked down, if if my confidence is in me, eventually that gets exposed. Um, So I need to root myself in the confidence of God's word and the confidence of God's love and God's promises um, and and then I can find the courage I need when um, when I feel like I I can't keep going. Oh man, um, can totally relate to this. So let's dive right into the book. Uh, in section two or session two of the book, you talk about throwing off the weight, and this one really really resonated with me. I did I haven't read the whole book, but I have thumbed through it quite a bit through it quite a bit, and I noticed that this throwing off the weight is such a big deal. You, you actually talk about unhindered by anxiety, unhindered, unchained from religion and unleashed from lies un, and untangled from unbelief. I'd love to just dive into this weight that we feel uh, one at a time, just kind of go through these if you don't mind. That sounds good. So, you know, that really comes from the uh, passage in Hebrews 12, uh, um, where the Hebrew writer says, let us throw off uh, everything that hinders and a sin that so easily entangles and let us run the race that God has marked out for us. Uh, so as a, a pastor, one of the things that I've seen and uh, consistently is that people come and they they want to persevere. They want to endure. They want to find victory in their life. Um, but there are some things that are holding them back and weighing them down. And unless they can kind of get rid of that weight, um, it's not going to work. So you know, they have faith, but they're also anchored and they're also uh, weighed down by these other things in life. So I tried to identify some that I felt like were pretty common um, that most people, you know, struggle with. And one of those is anxiety. Um, the weight of anxiety has a way of um, making everything difficult. It's, it's um, you know, it's it's like being in a high altitude area where every breath is a little bit painful and you'd get winded much more easily. Um, anxiety does that to us. And, and, you know, we live in what people call sometimes the age of anxiety where um, stress and discouragement, you know, are kind of epidemic. Um, and, and so how do we how do we get rid of that weight so that we won't grow weary? Um, and lose heart. Uh, and the passage I, I point to on this is 
uh, First Peter, it says to cast your anxiety on God because he cares for you. And you know, on one hand, you know, that passage sounds really simplistic, like almost, you know, almost too easy. Like, oh, well, this is all you have to do. Just cast your anxiety on God and, you know, problem solved. You know, that it's, it's a very deep um, truth, but it sounds, just because it's simple, in other words, doesn't mean it's easy. It does sound simple, but it's not the easiest thing to do. Uh, so I kind of walk through what's it look like to to cast your anxiety on God. And you know, one important point I might I might make briefly is that you know casting is this idea of transferring weight. So it's an image of um, not just letting something go. It's an image of handing something off that you you're not just saying. I'm going to let this go. You know, I'm just going to you know, let it float away from me. That's not how it works. Instead, I'm going to I'm going to transfer the weight over to God. And um, and that's you know, that's not easy to do. I think one of the ways we do that is in prayer. Um, one of the things I talk about in my book is, you know, praying in a way that you're not just telling God about your anxiety, but you're telling your anxiety about God. Um, you know, I, you see this shift in the Psalms, but. I recognize that when I pray with people about their struggles is that oftentimes they will say in their prayers, hey, here's everything that's wrong, God, and that's good. But at some point you need to shift and tell everything that's wrong about God and God's God's power and God's strength. As we do that, it increases our faith. Yeah, you talk about that, like telling our anxieties, um, talking to the anxieties and talking more about God. I think it's powerful. Um, the next section of the of the book is all about unchained from religion. Um, I particularly resonated with this because I've been somebody that's not always been, and I didn't grow up in church myself. I, I accepted Christ later in life. And um, what I noticed, though, is I started putting some of the religious cultural stuff on me that it just naturally just kind of came. It was very easy to put that on. But what I've found is it's actually been a weight for me. It's been a hindrance for me. So I love this concept of F-O-W-O-T, which stands for fear of what others think that you talk about here. Um, it's such a prevalent thing. Fear it should be faith, but fear seems to be a big part of it. So I'd love for you to unpack that if you could. I think it's a really interesting concept I've never heard of before. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, this is surprising for people. If you're talking about running um, the race of faith, then it seems like religion is the path you take. Uh, but, you know, really in the New Testament, what you consistently see is that the the religion, uh, rule following as a way to earn God's favor— uh, was a weight that that slowed people down. In fact, Jesus, when he w- would um, admonish the religious leaders, they, he would admonish them for this. He would say, "Look, you're you're adding weight to the backs of the people, but you're not doing anything to help them carry it." Um, and and so FOWAT is like this. Uh, it's an acronym of uh, fear of what others think, right? That there is, which is oftentimes the foundation of religion, that it's based upon what other people can see. It's based upon, you know, what other people think of me. Uh, This was the problem Jesus had with the religious leaders. You know, he said, everything they do is for men to see, uh, but their hearts are far from me. And, you know, when we are living life based on that value, that I'm, I'm going to uh, be most concerned of what other people think of me. That becomes a heavy burden. 
the challenge as well is that that value makes it difficult to ask for help from people who are supposed to be carrying our burdens. So if I'm struggling with something in my marriage and my value is, well, what will other people think? Then the very people I need help from are the very people I end up hiding it from. And it makes it more likely for me to become discouraged and more likely for me to to um, to want to quit. Um, and, and so being set free from what other people think is directly connected to having a better understanding of what, what God thinks of us. Um, and when we begin to embrace that, when we kind of fix our eyes on, on what Jesus has done for us, the value that he has assigned to us, then it begins to free us from this, this weight of religion, this weight of what other people think. And, um, and then we can be more vulnerable. We can ask for help when we need it. Um, and, and, uh, we can, we can find the strength to, to persevere. Yeah. You know what that reminds me of? It reminds me of a group that I get the privilege of having. Um, it's kind of a guy's group. We meet every Monday or try to meet every Monday and it's probably the only place I feel incredibly free to be as open as I can. All my weight is um, unhindered. I have no, there's no judgment. So I feel very, very safe um, and empowered to just like talk. Everybody talks about real stuff, like the real stuff that's hitting us and um, the stuff that, that whether it's good or bad, um, you know, it's just, it's just a real free place to be open. And I think, that's one of those things that's hard to develop in a church community. Uh, I wish it was easier, but yeah, you know, it's um, it's interesting that that it, it can sometimes be hard for people to discover this until they're in the middle of needing what you just described, um, and it's easy to take for granted unless unless you you need it. And so, and one of the things I tell to people is, you know, you want to find some. Um, what you just described, Eric, you want to find some of that before you really need it, because once you need it, then it it can it can be pretty difficult to find it. So you know, there's a book. Of course, I'm I'm talking about my book, but there's another book that I would recommend to people. It's called Bo's Cafe. Uh-huh. Have you heard of that? I, I haven't. No. It's a it's a book that just yeah, it's a great book. It's a, it's a kind of a novel book, but it. Uh, it kind of unpacks how particularly men can find um, courage and can find uh, the will to, you know, persevere through, uh, um, you know, not just self-examination, but through, um, you know, brother to brother examination. And, um, and, and, you know, this is really consistent in sports, this idea that you, you, you know, with a team, you're, you're able to get a break when you need it. You're able to ask for, for help. Uh, when, when you're struggling, if you're tired, you can, you know, you can lean on somebody else and, you know, to understand that that's how God designed it. And one of the reasons we get tired running this race is because we, we make it too individualistic when it was meant to be run together. Yeah. It gets me thinking back just on community. The community that I run is the courageous community. Uh, and then my wife also has one that she, uh, works with, um, and leads spearheads for female songwriters. And 
it's uh, difficult because sometimes, you know, the larger the community gets, it's, it's more difficult to, you can't control it because there's always that, that one or two people that try to take over the group or kind of stretch the boundaries of the community. Um, uh, and, and they're just, there's just sort of this tension that happens sometimes when, when we're in community together. Um, and I don't know if there's a way to get around that really. Yeah, there's a verse in Hebrew. Is it uh, Hebrews 10? I think it's verse 24. I'm not positive, but it, it says, uh, you know, let us consider how we can spur one another on uh, to love and good deeds. But, you know, that word spur is uh, this idea of um, it, it's not a an, it's not necessarily how we would define encouragement. It's more like uh, let us consider how we can irritate one another on, <laughs> you know, that that it's it, it's it's not just like um, always, you know, a Hallmark card to encourage each other that that there's also a sense in which you know we need community that that um where we'll have people around us that will spur us on and sometimes that means irritate us a little bit until we kind of get back in the game and get moving again (laughs) yeah i love that um so I'm I'm just kind of thinking now, like, what are some personal ways, what are some d- ways or disciplines that we can, habits that we can form so that we can develop our confidence? Um, you know, I, I think one of them is, of course, getting in community. It seems like um, that one would be one of those. But what are some other personal habits that we can develop uh, that will help build confidence, if there, if there are any others? Yeah, so, you know, when I talk to people who are, are struggling with confidence and with courage or they have a hard time, keep going. Uh, one of the things I've discovered is that there are lies they are telling themselves. There are things that they're believing about themselves or about God that have to be kind of identified and um, replaced with a promise of God or with the truth. Uh, the way I talk about this in the book is, is just the need to flip the script on the narrative we're reading from, you know, if you're reading from a script for your, your life that, that says you're the victim and um, life's not fair and people owe you something and God is not paying attention, if, if that's the script you're reading from, then you're going to feel pretty discouraged most of the time. Um, and, and so kind of identifying, okay, what script am I reading from? And, and let, let's see what God's word actually says about that. Um, and, and if I can get someone to change the story they tell themselves about themselves and about God, um, it, it makes a big difference. But if you start off every day and the script you're reading from says, you know, um, this isn't fair. Why is this happening to me? That it's not going to work. And so I've just been challenged over the years by people who, you know, the script they read is the script of joy. It's a script of faith. And, you know, they they remind themselves, you know, that they are loved, what God has promised. They remind themselves of the hope that they have. Um, and and that makes that makes a big difference. If you can if you can kind of flip that script, if the, you can change, you know, um, the story you tell yourself. Athletes. One of the things I talk about is athletes use what's called a mantra or they have uh, different phrases that they, you know, a sports psychologist will train them uh, to draw up when they're struggling with confidence or when they've, whatever, missed a shot or, um, you know, struck out. They have mantras that they lean on and they revert to as a way to not let 
uh, doubt and, um, uh, and, and fear begin to you know, dictate their performance. And, and in some ways, there are many scriptures that are mantras that we, you know, that we hide in our hearts, that we put in our minds. And then when we are struggling, when we're tired, um, when we fall, we we have that as a as a foundation that we have that as a um, as a, a prompt to to get back up and and to um, to keep going. Yeah, I, you know, I've been reading a lot about um, pro athletes or just you know amateur, even amateur athletes, anyone that competes uh, on some sort of playing field. That there's this need to develop prompts and need to develop. Um, certain uh, repetition and and repetitive things so that um, you can um, be prepared to be on the playing field and also things to do when you are on the playing field. And I don't see any reason why that shouldn't be any different um, in for us as believers, as we head out into the world and we deal with real life, um, to be equipped uh, with these certain habits and these certain things that need to be done. So um, well, I'm excited about this book. I know it uh, releases March 5th. You'll be able to find it, uh, find it everywhere. But I'd love to uh, to ask you, uh, where can people find the book uh, outside of maybe Amazon or any anywhere else where they might be able to look for it? Yes, it's on, um, at, uh, if you go to kyleidelman.com, um, you can you can access the book and there's uh, some interviews I have on there and some uh, uh, information and, and clips about the curriculum. Um, and one of the reasons I, I was glad to do a curriculum with this is because I, you know, don't give up as a group study. It's going to be much more impactful than, you know, holding up by yourself and, and reading it on your own. That, um, you know, the, the dynamic of, of uh, kind of exploring this message with other people um, is is going to be much more impactful, and so the yeah the, the curriculum is going to ha- has a set of uh, uh, videos that goes along with it, and then um, there's more of uh, you I would kind of describe it as a devotional book that just helps uh, the reader explore some of these things in a more specific application way. Yeah. Oh man, I um I think people are really going to resonate with this. So. Um, well, thank you, Kyle, so much for being on the podcast. I know you only have a few more minutes left. So I thought I would just ask you, are there any final words of encouragement you would have or any final tidbits of advice that, that you might have uh, as it relates to Don't Give Up, uh, your book or your message uh, that people can kind of finish uh, with and f- uh, think about as they go around their day? Uh, you know, I just would in- encourage your listeners to um, – you know, not wait. I guess I guess that's one of the frustrations I have as a pastor is when someone starts to feel tired and they're ready to kind of give up on, you know, God or give up on their spouse or give up on their kids. They don't say anything. They don't really do anything. And then, you know, I only find out about it after they've already stepped off the track. So I guess I would just encourage your listeners, you know, to say if you're you're feeling a little tired and if you're a little bit weary, you know, now is the time to shore up. Now is the time to uh, be renewed and strengthened um, and and to ask for some help and to, um, you know, seek God's strength. 
Oh, absolutely. That is great advice. I am so privileged to have you on. Thank you, Kyle. Uh, everybody needs to go to kyleidelman.com, K-Y-L-E-I-D-L-E-M-A-N.com. Get the book, the devotional, all the resources, the video curriculum is all there. I think you're going to love it. Thanks again, Kyle. You really blessed us today. Uh, absolutely, Eric. Great to visit with you. Well, there you go. Kyle Eidelman author of Don't Give Up, Faith That Gives You the Confidence to Keep Believing and the Courage to Keep Going. Go check it out all on the website, kyleidelman.com. That video curriculum is amazing. I used to represent those and they're always really well done. Great for Bible studies. All right, friends. Well, as I promised you, I have a short message on the topic of success. How do we define success? That's what this short message is about. And again, I am in my car. We're going to come up with a name for it, but hope you enjoy it. Uh, somebody posted uh, on Facebook earlier today, uh, and they said this, uh, how do you define success? What is, what is success to you? How do you define it? What's, what's the definition of success. And, um, I didn't try, I didn't want to sound smug, but it just brought me straight away to, uh, something that Dustin Smith said on our podcast. Oh man, two years ago. I don't remember the episode. I should reference that. Uh, but he said, obedience is sacrifice is, uh, is I'm sorry. (laughs) Success is obedience is what he said. And then I don't think he referenced the scripture, but I, I, I'm referencing the scripture today. And the scripture comes straight out of Jeremiah 7, verses 21 to 23. And the verse says this, This is what the Lord, all-powerful, the God of Israel, says. Go and offer as many burnt sacrifices and offerings uh, as you want. Eat the meat of those sacrifices yourselves. I brought your ancestors out of Egypt. I spoke to them, but I did not give them any commands about burnt offerings and sacrifices. I only gave them this command. Obey me and I will be your God and you will be my people. Do all that I command and good things will happen to you. To me, that is the definition of success. Obey me. Obey me is what he wants. Obey my commands. Do as I command and good things will happen to you. Honestly, that is as simple as it gets. Now, how do we know what his commands are? Well, first thing is probably reading scripture more often, right? Reading the Bible. Um, I, I hate to sound like, you know, like, duh, but that's kind of what I'm saying. And that's what he's saying is read the, read my, read my word. Um, get to know me, spend time with me, listen to what I have to say. You know, ask the Holy spirit before you read the Bible. What do you want to say to me? God, I was just watching an alpha course, um, an alpha video with my kids and my family last night. And that's basically what, um, it was about the Bible. It was about why is the Bible important. And it encouraged us to uh, read scripture and ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us through scripture. So that's how you'll know 
what he commands. He will speak to you. Ask him to speak to you. He will. Get quiet. Journal. Listen to what he has to say. Have a conversation in your journal about it, about what the word says. But it's as plain as day. If you do as I command, good things will happen to you. And to me, that's the definition of success. If I am in his will, if I'm doing as best as my possible, as best as possible to obey him, then, uh, then that's success. Now, there's some works that will come up in, especially the religious of all of us, but I'm, that's not my point. There's so much grace for us. We can start again. We can start again. His mercy is new every morning for us. Don't take this as um, a works-based message. I am so far about not about that. Um, I am about grace and um, and giving ourselves grace in the process. Um, so uh, please hear me say that as well. I pray this is an encouragement to you. Obedience is success in the kingdom of God. Jeremiah 7, verses 21 to 23. Look it up. Look it up in context. Study that scripture. Study what he's, what he's saying there. Why is he saying it to those people right then and there? And ask the Holy Spirit to, to guide you today. Well, that's it for me, friends. I'm Eric Nordoff, and you're listening to the Courage Cast. I have gotten to where I need to go. I'll be back on another episode.